welcome you to the Igniting Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Horine, a principal chiropractor alongside my husband, a magnetic alignment coach, a 3-5 manifester in human design, a toxin-free living advocate, and obsessed with all things related to a healthy mind, body, and spirit. My passion is to empower and inspire people to become the highest expression of themselves while recognizing they are the creator of their own reality. I'll share ideas, interviews, and examples that will prompt you to learn more about your true thoughts on yourself, what your true desires are in life, and how you're connected to the world around you. This will happen through human design readings I do with clients, principles of chiropractic, and how true health and healing is expressed from the inside out magnetic alignment recode sessions, and my own personal journal prompts that I receive while in meditation. My hope is that you can have your consciousness ignited to remember that the key to living in a happy and peaceful world all starts by discovering those pieces within you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Igniting Consciousness podcast. I have my soul sister here with me, Dr. Brittany Harris. Welcome, Brittany. Thank you. Yes. And so Dr. Britt and I, like you're going to hear me call her Dr. Britt because we, we go back, we go back from, we're both chiropractors and um, we both work with pre, peri and postnatal care. And Brittany has like a whole nother level of education and knowledge and, and studies and everything that she utilizes to take care of her patients and her clients in the area that she's in. And so I really want to be able to have this conversation today because as, as soul sisters as we are, we talk about all kinds of things, right, Brittany? Every time we get on the phone together, we think we might be on for a little bit. It ends up being quite long because we just have so much that we get to share with one another and obviously really enjoy and are in alignment with a lot of information, right? Um, but we, we really hit a topic the other day while we were on the phone that I decided I was like, let's have a conversation with this. So mamas or like moms wanting to become moms or those looking to have a second child, third child, whatever it might be, and really trying to be in the headspace of what kind of birth they might want or what kind of pregnancy they might want. And we got onto a topic that we realized is very crucial. Like it is, there's multiple things that we'll get into, like that's very crucial when it comes to things that you should keep in mind and prepare for prior to the delivery of your child. And uh, the sooner you can really get your hands on this or start to wrap your mind around some of these concepts, it can really allow you to open up more of love and flow and ease and an appreciation of your femininity and the strength in that that comes through whenever you have the ability to birth a child. And so with that being said, we're going to start this topic off really talking about what some of those important elements are. So Brittany, I'm going to kick it off to you so that way you can start sharing from what you know based off of the clients that you see and how you can see, I don't want to say an incongruency, but how you can see mamas not actually being able to be in their full essence of what they can have before they have a baby and when they have a baby. Right, absolutely. Um, so I usually start seeing moms around the end of the third tri- or the end of the first trimester, beginning of the second trimester. And one of the first things that I always ask is, how do you want to birth? And it's a loaded question, and it's a little bit of a test, because most people will think of it in terms of where they want to birth. So if they want to birth at home or at a birth center or in a hospital. But really what I'm asking is, 
what do you want your mind space to be at birth, right? Do you want to have a type of birth where you're surrendering to your body and you're trusting your body, or are you birthing from a position of wanting to entrust that to someone else? Okay. Neither one of these is wrong answers, of course. Right. Um, but this speaks to your point about what you need to know in terms of um, getting pregnant, um, what to expect during your pregnancy in terms of your body and of your mind, and then how that translates into your birth and your postpartum period. Um, because I think many people uh, tend to be unprepared for the psychological component of how this all ties into the medical stuff that's, of course, fed to us every single day. Right, right. Yeah, so with that, let's rewind a little bit. For some people that may not have been pregnant um, or, or, like, looking to get pregnant, when we say first trimester, so what are you saying? At what point? What's first trimester and when does it go into second trimester whenever you usually see clients? Yeah, see- so usually, usually between, like, weeks, 15 to 20 is usually when I when I start seeing them, and then we follow them all the way up until birth. There's the occasion where we'll start seeing people at the end of the third trimester, so after week 34. Mm-hmm. Um, that's typically when people are, unfortunately, the most uncomfortable and they're starting to notice their bodies a, a whole lot more. But I think that um, usually we start at the beginning of the second. Yeah. Yeah, and that tends to be around the same time that if you're going to choose a midwife or choose a, you know, whatever uh, facilitator of your your birth you would want at that time, too. So then you're also sharing that here's how chiropractic really is playing a role with that facilitation, too. So whenever you say that you ask the question of how do you see your birth, is that the way you ask it, you said? How do you want to birth? How do you want to birth? So... Mm -hmm. We clearly recognize that most people think, like, where as far as location, but what do you actually mean whenever you say that? Like, what what are you trying to dive into knowing what you know and having worked with so many mamas? Right. So the how behind birth really falls in line with do you want to follow a standard traditional medical trajectory not meaning necessarily birthing in a hospital or not. It's really independent of where you are. Or do you want to follow more of a spiritual trajectory of birth? So I'll give you an example. Um, I have many of my mom clients um, are planning to have home births, and so they hire a midwife, they have a doula, they have the support personnel that are designed to support that type of birth. Um, But what I often find is that psychologically they're not prepared for that journey. They have been steeped in a medical model that kind of fosters mistrust in the body. So it's very much so I have a condition, I have to go to a doctor in order to resolve it, and the doctor fixes me. Yes. So if you take that model into a home birth kind of mindset, there's a little bit of a conflict because your midwife, your doula, is not there to fix you. They're there to help facilitate you through the process. And so I'm sure that there are some gray areas um, amongst various midwives because everyone does practice differently. Uh, But that's what I'm getting at in terms of how you want to birth. Um, There are a couple of instances where I've spoken to moms about uh, birthing 
uh, unassisted or birthing at home. And I we've uncovered that they are looking to stay away from a hospital because there's some trauma associated with that, right? Or there's something else to unpack on a deeper level. And so they are not able to operate within them full, their full selves because of the fact that they are fearful of what could happen to them. And yeah. so um, the how you want to birth behind that is very, very important uh, to unpack outside of the where. Right, yeah. And so you, you like, that, that's the topic that we started talking about and realized that that spiritual component regardless of what that means to you, but knowing that there is a higher power, that there is more than just the physical, faith, trust, confidence, all that comes in with having that spiritual mindset awareness of you you can bring back your control in as much as you want to, and you have the choice, circle, 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 right? You have the choice to decide how you would like the process to go. You have the choice throughout your pregnancy to decide how you're going to, like what you're going to consume, what, how, what you're going to put inside your body as far as dietarily and like staying hydrated. And then also what you're consuming as far as information in your head, right? Because just like Dr. Brittany was saying is that you, a lot of people have, you know, you get your influences through the people that you surround yourself with, usually family, could be friends, coworkers, et cetera. And depending upon where the majority is at, you're going to have a certain notion toward a a certain direction, which is totally fine if that's truly what your choice is. But if that isn't your choice, then it's really important for you to seek outside of your your sphere of influence directly and looking elsewhere. And then also getting in the mindset of of that that spiritualness and, and very much so whether it's, you know, medication and everything else and so that that is so important and crucial in having that trust in your body because we as chiropractors the basis of chiropractic is believing in the innate intelligence and the ability for the body to do what it's designed and supposed to do and giving it that time and opportunity to do it right and so how would you with me kind of opening that up Brittany how would you say that you kind of can help guide women into like once you kind of recognize what they kind of want, but maybe they don't know how to verbalize it because they don't have that sphere of influence. How, how do you find yourself being able to help them navigate those waters? Right. So um, one of the points that you touched on consumption is really um, where we start. So during the first visit, I always like to take an opportunity to unpack their lives. So what are you doing occupationally during your pregnancy or even before if we're working preconception? What are you looking at on TV? What are you reading? Who are you talking to? Yeah. What are you eating? What is your relationship with your husband or your partner? Yeah. What is your relationship with your parents? Because when we can start to unpack these various areas, we can bring some awareness so maybe some areas where we need to make some changes. And, of course, no one is perfect. Right. Uh, we're not striving for perfection. But that awareness is a part of that personal journey that's going to propel us in the direction that we want to. And so um, my, my whole philosophy is in order to be able to make the best decisions for yourself, you have to operate from a point of clarity. And so as I tell my moms all the time, if you're so-called eating for two, 
on your Doritos and Twinkie diet, no. you cannot operate from a point of clarity. There's just no possible way. Your liver is overburdened, your blood sugar, your pancreas, everything is overburdened. And so that inflammatory state in the body is not going to permit you to go on that personal journey that you're looking to go through. And so what we're trying to do is just unburden the system as much as possible, whether it's via, to your point, media, your personal relationship, food. Um, if you have past traumas that you're trying to heal, let's unpack it. Let's refer you to the appropriate professionals if that's needed, and let's bring some awareness to the situation. That is so crucial, and that is something that I don't even know if um, – you know, what other professionals would actually do that? And that's something beautiful that, that you offer to your clients. So I'm just like, it makes me, I mean, it, it's it's part of what needs to be done. And there's so much information out there and there's a lot of misinformation out there. And so another part of that is in, in, in the consumption mindset and what you're hearing and what you're believing and what's being repeated in front of you on top of that is is who is, your birth team, and that's something else to consider as well, right? So once you start to unpack that, I would imagine, I mean, being a chiropractor, you're part of the birth team. We're part of the birth team as well, like if, if, whether we look at it like that or not. But then who's going to be the one as far as whenever you unpack that on what they want, who will be the one that will be there with them to support them in the decisions that they, they would like to make and follow through on, and then also to have that confidence and that security to be able to, to have that confidence in their body and the confidence in knowing that, hey, if something were to go in a particular direction, which the likelihood is really actually pretty small, but this, the mind, if you're fearful, 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 it will attract in and likely something will seem like is something that is like traumatic that you need to have extra interventions being done for it. And there's a time and a place, and so I'm very like I'm open with that. But we also know very clearly that that time and that place seems to happen way more often once you get into any type of particular system because there's always people that have to cover their own behinds. And then now the mamas aren't able to really make their decisions. Or if they have a decision and they vocalize that, what we've heard and what we've seen and witnessed, and I'm sure you've had it too, is that moms will get steamrolled. And, like, when you're in the heat of, like, actually going into delivery and say even it even can be at a home birth, too, depending upon who your birth team is, but more likely in a hospital that maybe you're like, I don't want the epidural or I don't want Pitocin or I don't want, and we'll talk about this stuff for those because I know there's, there's people that know what I'm talking about and there's going to be people that don't know what I'm talking about. But saying they don't want these certain things, but if the doctors or the nurses or whomever that is in the room, you know, at the time when you're having delivery – like kind of demand it, then you're you're not going to have the confidence to to be like to say otherwise, and and you may not actually need it. So, um, what are some other things that you would say that the mamas or you know would be helpful for the mamas so that way they can gain that confidence and have that clarity, regardless if somebody from the outside, even in the heat of it, is coming in with something opposing what one of their choices are. Right. And that's a that's a very difficult question because on one hand, yes, I think that it's very important for you to stand firm in what it is that you want or don't want. Um, but on the other hand, clinically, of course, I want what's best for them. 
So what I teach them is to learn flexibility, okay? Flexibility in your birth plan, whether it's written or it's verbal or it's in your mind, is key so that you can develop some resilience. Because there are plenty of situations where where folks are doing all the right things, right? They're on their personal journey. They've been looking inward throughout their pregnancy, throughout their preconception period even. And for whatever reason, whatever divine reason, something went the other way. And so I think having that flexibility is important so that if something, if you do have to be steamrolled for whatever reason, right, if there is a life-threatening situation or what have you, that you don't have to process that situation as a trauma later on. So the, and I don't know um, if you plan to share your birth story (laughs) at some point, um, but your case is a perfect example of being flexible and learning to just flow with the situation, right? And because I know your birth story and I know that you did flow with the situation, it turned out absolutely beautifully, Mm, thank you. It, it did. did. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Yeah, and I and I will share that just so I can give a direct example, and then you know we can we can elaborate on that. So for me personally, I had an at home birth, and um, I had a midwife. And there's various types of midwives, and you know maybe that's that can be a whole other conversation that we can get into because every state is also different. And then if you're in like Canada, like every province is probably different. There's different laws and rules and regulations around what the midwives can do and then, therefore, what are things that you might have to do because that's what the midwife was requiring in order for them to keep their licensure. So that being said, so I definitely had a midwife, and I didn't end up getting a doula because in this case it's like I have my husband who's also a chiropractor, and so he was um, he's part of my birth team as well. And that's like the other emphasis that I want to get onto that's really important. You need to make sure that your partner is on the same page. And you guys have conversations prior to the delivery. So that way it's not like at delivery time and your significant other is, you know, you have to think, and I'll share this too, you have to think your significant other is going to watch you being in discomfort. And they're like helpless because they want to help you. They want to comfort you. They want to help you feel better. And so naturally, I mean, that's where some significant others can be very strong in saying they want you to be in a hospital even though you don't want to. Or they want you to have, uh, like, a pharmaceutical, or they want you to have the epidural because they don't want to see you in pain. Or they want, you know, they want, they, they're hearing the doctors or somebody say that, you know, you need to get the baby out of you. So they want you to have the Pitocin. So it's like sometimes that, that ends up happening, too. It's not that the significant other is trying to make you anything opposite of what you want, but it's because the significant other is it, it wants the best for you. And if they're not educated, well, in this case, my husband's clearly educated because he works on pre- and postnatal pregnancy as well, so he's very aware of, you know, what we, together we made our decision. But I'm just giving the examples of this, of, of how I can understand why significant others may be so strong about what they want their what they want their mama like their soon mama to be or whatever to do and so at any rate with my um so i had an at-home birth and uh my little girl she she's a month old today as we're doing this recording which is bizarre um she should have 
She was estimated to come around the same week that we're recording right now, but she decided to come three weeks earlier. She was at 37 weeks, so that is full term, but it's very early in full term because full term is 37 to 42, and usually a first-time mom, which I am, usually a first-time mom typically goes longer, but in this case, my little Sedona wanted to come earlier. So, She's her mommy's daughter. Sorry? She's her mommy's daughter. That's what a lot of people are saying, that she came in this world knowing what she wants and when she wants to do it, she wants it now. (laughs) So little girl came in, and I I say this about um, her coming in early because I didn't even have my birth kit, and that's something you get whenever you're, when you have a midwife, is you get a birth kit, like, that has the cord clamp and, like, things to take care of you whenever you're bleeding afterwards and stuff like that and, like, et cetera, like, birth tub, all this other stuff. Well, I she came so early that it was the Friday. She came on a Monday, and I was supposed to have, like, my before birth appointment that Friday. <laughs> so I didn't have any of that stuff available because I thought I had a couple more weeks. And she, so she came in fast, and before she, the last check that I had, she was actually head down, and I birthed her breech. And so for those of you that don't know, that's whenever her butt comes out first, which in the world of birthing, that's like, mamas are like led to believe it's so fearful, it's so scary, and especially OBs in the hospital, they're not... They're not trained to do natural births anymore. They're trained to do surgery for C-section, let alone to deliver a breech birth. And, in fact, most of the time if they were to find out that you were having a breech birth, they would automatically call a C-section for that reason because they don't know how to deliver them. Well, in this case, baby girl was coming really fast, and I'll let you know that with, with breech births, they call it silent labors. And I now personally understand why they call it that because it goes from like zero to 60, where when a baby is down, everybody's birth and different stages of labor is different. And, and again, like there's, there's pre-labor, there's active labor, there's transition, which is right before you actively push the baby out. And when, whenever there's a breech birth, I didn't even know that. I kept calling it pre-labor contractions, and I was actually in active labor contractions. It didn't allow me to notify my midwife in time. My husband was still sleeping. I didn't even wake up my husband and until he heard me groaning when I was in transition right before I was about to birth the baby. And and that was just because it happened so fast that I was in denial of what stage of labor that I was actually in. And so even me sharing that, some of you listening to this podcast might be like, oh, my gosh, that sounds so scary. But for me, it was like, this whole time I knew I wanted to have an at-home birth. I was fully entrusting in my body and it and and I was and and because I have a very strong spiritual background, I also was able to like get into my body to where I clearly wasn't freaking out to call all my birth team <laughs> on board right away. And so you don't have to be the way that I was. That's just where mindset my mindset was and this is why as Brittany had shared like why my birth story ended up being a beautiful birth story where for somebody else it might have been very scary. It could have been, it could have ended up differently. And so I, I knew that I wanted a water birth and, and I'll be quite honest with you. I had, like when I was about 30 weeks pregnant or maybe even earlier than that, I started having these ideas where I was like, I'm going to have a fast birth. Like I was planning on having, I like manifested it. I didn't want to like, say that I need to have a breech birth in order to have a fast birth, but I knew I was going to have a fast birth, and I definitely did. Um, 
And I'm starting to believe that I was like, and because I'm going to have a fast birth, I don't think I'll even have time to fill up the birth tub in order to be in the birth tub and birth my baby, which clearly would have been the case in this case. Um, and I actually ended up birthing my baby in my, my guest bathtub because I was running the bath water to, to calm and soothe and calm and soothe it did, but I was not able to get back out of the tub again once I got in it because then I started progressing along, like I said, got into transition. And um, my husband ended up being there, as I say, for the final two yards <laughs> of the delivery because I delivered my baby all the way up till just before her shoulders. And then um, there's more details in between there. And uh, it's actually on the podcast here if you want to listen to all the details of, of my birth story. I definitely shared it, and it's a lengthy one because I give all the details in between. But ultimately end up birthing the baby up to the shoulders and then um, my, my husband was on a, the, a video call with my midwife because she was 40 minutes away by the time you know we actually notified her that I was having this baby and she had me turn over on all fours to deliver the head once she realized that the baby was coming out and it was butt first instead of actually head first and so again even in that moment right there realizing that the baby was butt first instead of head first while I was birthing could have been super scary for somebody else, but for me in my body, I was breathing my baby out. I was there was no worry in my head. Like the baby was already like out, and the baby like now it was just completing the circuit. So, and uh, baby came out, and baby, you know, she she plopped right out. I had her in my arms. My water broke at 7:48 a.m., and I had her in my arms at 7:57 a.m. And um, from there, there's, there's some more details of things of just like adding life into the baby's body and where chiropractic came in because I adjusted my baby and her top bone known as the atlas right here on the right side. And as soon as I delivered that adjustment, which the adjustments for babies and Brittany will tell you too, are completely different than what they are for adults. You just use your fingers, enough pressure to feel like when you put your finger on a, a stick of butter and it just kind of like melts under your finger there. And, um, it just you could see that life force energy flow into her and her arms literally shot out like she wanted to like give me a hug around my neck like as soon as I adjusted that and so I'll never forget that and I usually get pretty emotional when I share that part because it, it's just it's so purity and it's that trust in the body and where you know if let alone if I wasn't a chiropractor there wasn't a chiropractor there or you know, they, they saw the baby that wasn't, like, fully crying as strong and her coloring wasn't as strong as they wanted it to be. Like, who knows what they would have done with my baby if I was in the hospital, right? Right, right. So, um, so and that, yeah, that's so. the thing about it. And that, that's, that's why your story is so beautiful because you have the flexibility to go with your body, even though some unexpected things happen. Like, you had mm -hmm. your baby three weeks earlier than you thought. Yeah. Um, your to your point, your partner had that same flexibility, and uh, you know, I I told Natalie the other day, you know, Lee is like one of the few men that I know that has like the level of clarity and poise to be able to make it through that type of situation without freaking out, right? Yeah. Um, he of course is very congruent with you spiritually. Um, he's congruent with you like clinically as a chiropractor, but also he just has like the utmost grace and being able to work with you through this situation. And so having all of those qualities in your birth team is so essential. And I'm just, I'm so happy that you can share that type of story because there's so many birthing people who 
need to understand that they're not in it alone. You know, even though they're the ones who are doing the work, their bodies are facilitating that process. They are still not alone in that process. Exactly. Yeah. Because even with me, like, so essentially I had a free birth is what they call it. Like a free birth, you like, one, it, it would be free if I didn't have a midwife, you know what I mean, as far as monetarily, but a free birth, i.e. no one else helped us, like actually deliver the baby. In this case, like it was mommy and daddy that delivered the baby. Um, but if it weren't for having my midwife, like having her on the phone to also like verbally facilitate the process and my partner, like my husband being there to hold the phone over the tub that's full of water and like video chat and like be in that state of mind at the same time. Like amazing that he was doing that while I was just in my own state of delivering the baby. Right. So it was like, I was, I was playing my part. He was playing his role and the midwife was playing her role. And so, yeah, that's where it's like the birth team is so, so, so essential and not everyone needs to be at the same level. Like you don't have to be clinically sound like how we are, but you can absolutely have that knowledge, one, through experience of having previous births and stuff like that, which now I'm going to get to my other point, is, like, watch birth stories. Like, watch birth videos. And, like, if you're wanting to have an at-home birth, watch at-home birth videos. So you can see the array and the differences of, of how different women, even how they present their body, how they how – they, some people are more loud than other people and – you know, and then to really know, like, there's fluids involved, there's poop involved, like, that is normal, right? Like, what does birth actually look like? It doesn't look like what you see on TV and, like, this clean baby comes out. Like, no, the baby going to be covered in vernix, and you want to leave that vernix on. And, like, also knowing, like, decisions that you can make around when that baby comes out as far as, do you, like, are you going to clamp the cord right away? Are you going to cut the cord right away? You know, or do you want to allow the beautiful nutrients and oxygenation and blood flow to go into that baby that they were feeding off of that whole time? Clearly, you can see where my, <laughs> where my mind is at with that, right? And then so all those decisions around that, and people like Dr. Brittany can give you, like, a heads up on that when it comes to your birth plan, you know, and I, and I give it a quotation in air quotes because it, it is your birth plan, and just like Brittany said, like, you don't have to have it written down. It can just be in your head. And you can just visualize and think about it as much as you want to think about it. So you really do attract that in. And it's getting your mindset ready for this, right? And so watching these birth videos and having your partner watch those birth videos is yes. so important. So important. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think as one is preparing for birth, I, I always compare birth to a marathon, okay? So despite, you know, how long your birth is, it's a marathon in that it's a very physically and psychologically intense situation that you've probably never been in before. No one should ever walk into a marathon and they have not trained for it. Amen. Right? You're going to do the physical work that you would for any type of marathon in order to make sure that you're successful or that you get through it. So the same is the case for birth. Even though birth is a completely natural process, it's still work, and it's still something that we've never done before. I also compare it, it's akin to like a baby when they first start walking, right? They're going to practice and practice and practice and fall and bump their little heads and bump their little booties over and over and over again. 
But they have to keep training for it. They keep practicing until they finally get it. And so similarly with birth, like you said, watch videos. Read books that are congruent with how you want to give birth. So if you're if you're reading what to expect when you're expecting, but you're planning to have an unassisted birth, that's not going to quite help you get into the mindset that you need to in order to prepare for that type of birth. I am also going to just add to that point, learn about other options. Yeah. So even though you might want to have a home birth, you should also educate yourself on what the various options are if, if you need to induce or what your various um, pain relief options are, pharmaceutical or non. Also, look at the options if you're not dilating, if you need to have a C-section. Educating yourself is important because you're not necessarily manifesting this as happening. But if, again, something medically is going awry, if, God forbid, your life is in danger, you don't want to walk into a situation that you've never even heard of, and then you have fear. See, knowledge helps to temper the fear. So at least if you know what could happen or what some options might be if something goes in another direction, your body will be able to process and accept that, and you'll still be able to get through the situation a little bit more easily. Does that make sense? That makes so much sense, and I'm so happy you provided that, like, that clarity and that that extra point of information because that is so true. I And I love that you're saying it's not that you're going to manifest that, but to be prepared and I can actually give an example, like my, um, I have a cousin who's wanting to have an at-home birth and everything. However, she has already visited the hospitals of where if she needed to get transferred for any reason, she has visited the hospital for that exact reason of what you're describing. So that way she can know, like, okay, what's the feel of this hospital? What are, what are the processes that they end up going after? Because every hospital is absolutely different, right? There's going to be some hospitals that might be more pushy and also depends on who's on staff, what, you know, what OBs are on staff and nurses are on staff and everything. But at least if she can go to the hospital and she knows what she could anticipate going into the hospital setting and, um, and, and not have that extra fear because now this is a totally foreign place. She's probably like the, if the mama has to get transferred and she's already in fear or in worry or thinks something's wrong with her just to the fact that she is going to the hospital, let alone going into the hospital, and then not knowing anything about it and having all that unfamiliarity with it. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because even though I know that it's going to go through beautiful and my cousin's going to have an at-home birth and everything like that, she's fully educating herself so she can see the array of options of, of what are what are things that could happen in like A, B, C, or D, you know, if it were to go down to those different different options that might come into play there. So, yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that point up as well. And then right. what are some examples of um, what you would suggest to mamas? And if not, and then I'll also share, too, of what you would ex- suggest to them so that way they can start to get in tune with their bodies and, and find whatever spirituality means to them. And really when I see spirituality, it's it's, like I said, it's, you knowing that it's more than just the physical, that, that you can get into your mind and allow this connection of, of higher power, essence, God, source energy, universe, to fully put your faith and trust in, in yourself. But in doing it for yourself, you're also putting that faith and trust so you feel like you always have someone, something, source, and energy to call upon. Like you'll hear people say, like, 
you know, God always, like, the universe has our back. God is always there watching over us. And that's the truth. It's very true. However you look at it and whatever languaging you're using for it, but having that type of language and having that trust in that so that way you can pull whenever you're in transition. And mamas, I get it now because I've been there. When you're in that transition point where you're like, oh, my gosh, if it gets any worse than this, I don't know if I can do it. You call upon that higher essence of really you, but you're calling in that higher essence of God, source, energy, universe to give you that, like, that momentum to keep pushing through because it's just on the other side when you hit that point, when you get in that mindset that you can either close the gate or you can keep that gate wide open and go through that rite of passage of what, you know, of what you're about to, to go through. Cause it really is. It's a rite of passage that whenever you're going through delivery it is a portal, you're literally going through a portal when this happens. It's, it, it's, absolutely incredible so are you going to leave that portal open or are you going to shut the gate down right so so what are some um, examples of what you might suggest to some of your mamas practice doing hard things hmm and it might sound silly um, but I'm thinking of one example in particular of someone again who wanted to have what she defined as a natural birth in a hospital and I was very frank with her. I told her, you've never birthed before. Birth is a, a very, just keeping it a physically intensive process. If we cannot do a squat, if mm -hmm. we can't go for a long walk, then it's going to be really difficult for me to understand how your body is going to be able to do something else that's hard. Yeah. So practice doing hard things, again, from a strictly physical perspective, so that your muscles, your tendons, your ligaments, your bones can learn how to move in various directions that they maybe don't normally move in. But also because movement helps to produce those endorphins that keep you going. Which it's a beautiful those are the cycle. happy hormones. If you're running what the endorphins are, those are the, the feel good, I've got this. You're listening to the song that just gets you excited or you're dancing and that gets you excited. So go on. <laughs> Right, exactly, exactly. So when you feel that sense of happiness, that dopamine rush, the serotonin rushes, remember, all of these brain chemicals are cousins of oxytocin. Okay, oxytocin is that hormone that sends you into labor. So we have to get those brain feel-good chemicals rolling on a regular basis so that your body starts to understand and practice under, under undergoing that process of you going into labor before you actually do it. Yes. So practicing doing hard things is number one. If, if, if you're a person that is not normally very physically active, then it's time to start. Now, I don't mean, you know, start doing CrossFit necessarily during yeah. pregnancy, but just getting involved in some type of movement every day and feeling those changes in your muscles, your ligaments, your tendons can be very, very powerful. That's definitely the primary recommendation behind um, how to tap into yourself. The second thing I'll say is watch your language, mm. especially as women, especially as women. And it takes one to know one. As women, we are bathed in a society where we are taught to constantly, constantly overly criticize ourselves. Yeah. Between my hair, oh, I need to lose weight, or my skin, or I – there's always something that's wrong with us. That's what we're taught. You know, men are not taught to do this, but this, this is what we do. This is literally how the beauty industry is thriving. 
yeah. years later. And so I always tell mamas, especially as I'm talking to them on the first visit and I'm getting a feel for how they talk about themselves, I always say, do you ever say anything nice to yourself? Mm. Or do you just say, I need to lose this weight? Or I need to get my um, my pre-baby body back? Or, gosh, I feel so lazy today. Do you ever say anything nice? And it feels silly, but this is, again, for anyone. Practice pumping yourself up. You should be your biggest cheerleader. Amen. If you can't pump yourself up when you're sitting on the couch for three days watching Netflix, how are you going to pump yourself up during birth? That's true. That is the truth. So much so. Oh, yeah. So there are, of course, and I'm sure you can speak to this, too, since you actually have birth. But there are a multitude of things that we can do um, to tap into our spiritual selves. But it really starts with basics. And I know that we all know to exercise. We all know, you know, that we should be nicer to ourselves and what have you. But that why behind it is what can really trigger change in people. Um, what do you think? Do you have any specific yeah, no, I love the way that you just you described it there because I'm, I'm quick to go into helping people go into breathing, like doing the deep diaphragmatic breathing because, I mean, there's, there's meditations. You do breathing meditations or you just do breath work. Um, like the breath work is a, is, a, is a title. Like I'm doing breath work, you know, when it comes to like tapping into the spiritual essence or really tapping into your higher self. And what you're doing is you're working on calming your body because we run in, in this society, then I say we run in this society, and we're always on that, like, fight, flight, running, hiding, or fighting the tiger, you know, because you've got the hustle muscle going. And, and that's something that you shared with me is that a lot of the, the clients and the mamas that, that you see, you know, they're, they're fully capable. They're more than capable. They're juggling, like, 50 things. And then now they're also going to be juggling the fact that they're pregnant. And, and I'll tell you what, I was one of those people where I was like, I mean, I thrived off of my, my stress hormones and my cortisol hormones of like getting this done, getting that done and like Johnny on the spot and doing it, you know, in the way I wanted to do it. And like it, it brought me great success. But what my pregnancy taught me and because of me tuning into my higher self and that power was, hey, there is strength and power and not having to grind all the time. There is strength and power in, in being more in that flow. And there is strength and power in getting in your feminine, nurturing self. Like, I don't have to be this testosterone-driving kind of a woman in order to, like, get my place in society, right? Like, that's another thing that we're led to believe, thanks to the Industrial Revolution and some patriarchal, some patriarchal things happening throughout our lifetime that's a whole nother conversation you know time and place but I I literally was one of those women as well that was like not that I wanted to say like being in my feminine nurturing was weak but I didn't see it actually as strength and power until because we're not taught that yeah we're not you're right we're not taught that and it wasn't until I became pregnant because I knew, like, I knew that I wanted to make sure that my baby wasn't growing in a stress bath inside my uterus, right? So that was my why. My why was I don't want my baby growing in a stress bath because, if, cause, like, everything that I do and from what I'm eating, what I'm mentally consuming, and then what hormones are pumping through my body will be affecting my baby. So it's not a scary thing, but it's also something to be aware of is that 
if you're like stressed all the time, and I'm telling you what, there's things that you don't even realize, especially if you're in like corporate world and, you know, entrepreneur and everything else. Like if you asked me, I was stressed. I'd be like, no, I'm not stressed. But because I've been like that for so long, I always had a low level of stress happening. And I'll tell you one of the ways I also recognize that one, my adrenals, which is one of your glands that shoots out the cortisol and everything were shot. Um, and I can, there's different things that you can do to know about that. And so knowing that it was like, well, I want to heal my adrenals anyway. Well, it's a really good time to be like being very aware of this while I'm pregnant. So that way I don't displace that onto my baby. So I always tell people it's, it's, it's a divine responsibility during pregnancy. It's a responsibility, but it's, it's a divine one, but use that to, for healing yourself because in doing so you're helping that baby. Because if I were to, like, grind it out, people birth babies all the time being stressed out and people that don't even want to be pregnant end up birthing babies while, you know, clearly being stressed out. However, it is known that if there is constant stress being immersed on that baby through their neurological development and development into this fetus and into, like, a baby, it definitely influences how they're going how their chemical makeup is going to be when they come out are they going to be fussy colicky constipated when they come out are they going to have digestive issues are they going to have um social delays or something like that like these things come out and you see it on the other side and when you have a more holistically minded um clinical you know clinician that can help recognize this it can be helped but you have that influence of what's the what's the like the universe or like what are you providing for your baby while you're pregnant, right? And so the breath work. So I got off on a tangent because like breath work is so powerful. So like how one easy way for you to like take that pause is literally just take a deep breath because so many of us breathe up here in our shoulders, right? And that's very sympathetic, meaning very like stress-inducing like that. We need to breathe deep into our belly. They call it the belly breathing, the yogic breathing, right? People that are in theater, they do this type of breathing so they can project their voice and they can sing, right? And so breathing in through the nose and then like bringing it down and expanding that belly out, right? And then exhaling out through the mouth. Literally, it's as simple as taking a breath, mamas. It's as simple as taking a breath anybody for that matter like even before you respond to somebody who just came on to you really sharp pause just for a moment to take that deep breath because while you're pausing to take that deep breath even without doing the quote whole like five minutes of breath work just by pausing and taking a deep breath you're stopping that stress cycle and you're starting to train your body that oh i don't have to go it's not five o'clock somewhere right now you know what i mean like your body doesn't have to go into its typical wind-up state. You can take that nice deep breath. So breath, like breathing, just showing, like just having people go through how to breathe. And it's something that we have to do every day, every day, but like we forget how to do it in a deep, positive way to help facilitate our hormonal processes, let alone if you're pregnant. Um, so that's very important. And then I do, I do a lot of the unpacking, like what you talked about in the beginning, to kind of have an idea of, What's their work life? Like, what's their partner life? And I just provide resources that we have in the area, so that way I can I can be I can be that I can be a resource. Like, I have my own biases, but at the same time, I want what's best for the mama, and I want her to know that she has choices. That's right. that's really what's important with that, right? And then help facilitate it from there, and then encourage them. Once you know what that is, if you have the opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with them, encourage them in that direction. 
and always speak in that, like you're saying, the languaging that, that they're using and the languaging that your clinicians are using. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So important. So mm-hmm. it's always positive for me. Like they might be coming into the office to get adjusted and they're like, oh my gosh, my placenta is like, they're saying it's attached in the wrong area. So now I have to have constant, mo-. like whatever you were told, no matter what. And I'm not just like shooting sprinkles up their behinds. I'm literally like, everything's going to work out, mom. Like, I mean, have trust in your body. Have trust in your body. And then remind them that depending upon where they're at and how far they are, even if they're like, oh, my gosh, my baby's head down because my baby's breech right now. Well, one, now you know you can totally birth a breech baby. Been there, done that, right? But then also the baby can turn literally during during birth or the baby can turn like that day if you're like, you know, whatever week's pregnant that like the baby doesn't necessarily stay in that position. Like things can change. And so being confident, lowering that stress response, taking that breath can really be helpful in that process. And then watching the language that you're using and then being aware of the languaging that, you know, those that are working around you are using as well. Right. Right. And I think really all of this comes down to, learning these skill sets before pregnancy. Yeah. You know, like learning. I use the term being flexible, but however you want to frame it, you know, pregnancy and birth, one of the doulas in my area, she puts it perfectly. She says, here in the DMV, the DMV is the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. This is a very, like, fast-paced, very corporate, political region, okay? Everyone here is important. <laughs> Everyone here is a consultant, as we say. Um, everyone here has a very significant role to play in some form or fashion. And so as a result, slowing down is like an after that. Actually, slowing down is considered to be lazy. So when it relates to birth in this, in this area, specifically in this country, birth is like a to-do list item. So when you find out you're pregnant, because of the very patriarchal kind of system that we live in, it's very hierarchical, it's very um, high-stress, linear. When you find out you're pregnant, I've heard more than probably a dozen moms tell me, I can't show that I'm weak. So they have to, they have to work until they go into labor. They have to go right back to work in six weeks or in 12 weeks or whatever their job tells them. A lot of people don't have leave. A lot of people are trying to support a very high cost of living. And so when you're trying to take this mindset and apply it to this type of region, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. And that's why being congruent and being flexible with these ideas prior to birth is extremely important. So any woman particularly that I start working with who has never had children before, we're talking about this stuff from the very beginning. How can we optimize or how can we improve who you are lifestyle-wise, whether or not you decide to have a baby? Because it doesn't hurt to heal your adrenal glands if you don't have a baby, right? It doesn't hurt to speak a little bit more nicely to yourself. It never hurts to start to follow something bigger than you, whatever that is. And so anyway, so the doula in my area, she puts it like this. She says, in an area as fast-paced as the D.C. region, birth becomes an afterthought. And so 
knowing what we know about birth, we have to understand that birth is a very divine experience. It's not something that we can control. So whereas the typical, you know, corporate professional in D.C. can make a checklist of items in order to get to where they want to get, right, they can say, oh, I need to go to college. I need to get this certification. I need to blah, 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 right? I need to, I need to, I need to. As long as you check off everything on that list, you'll have everything that you want. You'll have the life you want. You can buy the Tesla or whatever, right? Birth is not like that. It's not a matter of do all the things on the list. As long as you have a doula and you um, do the spinning babies workshop and you have a chiropractor and you do the Lamaze classes and you do the this and you do the that, I'll have a perfectly fast natural birth. Birth is not that way. Mm-mm. You can't predict it. You can prepare yourself, of course, and I'm always an advocate of preparation, but what you have to do is learn to surrender to life. Surrender. Woo! That's a strong word right there. Surrender. Yes. It is. And it's a journey. It's not a destination. We're all on the journey. I know I am. Mm-hmm. And so surrendering doesn't happen during pregnancy, especially when you're working a high-stress job and you're trying to hide the fact that you're, that you're pregnant or trying to not show so-called weakness. Yeah. It starts before that. So true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, it just... It hurt. It hurts whenever I know that, but it's the truth, and we know that. We all know people and in, in our locations and everything like that. So, I mean, hearing what we're talking about here, it's not saying like it's instantly going to change overnight, and nor expect that of you. So, all of you high drive mamas, or soon to be mamas, or even women in general that are listening to this, don't expect it to change just like that. Yes, you have the knowledge now if you're listening, and now the seed has been planted, but let it germinate, okay? Like you can't plant the seed for a tomato and expect it to grow tomorrow. It doesn't work like that. Now, mm-hmm. unless you put genetic modification and all this other BS on there, you know, like, no. So we're not <laughs> even going to care there, right? Let it germinate. Let nature take its process. Let you take your process to make sense of it. And what does that mean to you? And what is that going to look like to you? And here's the other thing I'll add in there is that, Take that con these concepts as far as it feels good for you. Mm. If you start to dive into the details and it starts to stress you out, stop thinking about it, okay? That's with anything. So in the world of manifesting, of like manifesting the things into your life and allowing things, you know, people call it luck, people call it whatever you want to call it. No. In the world of manifesting and having things come into your life and, and like the, how it really works is you putting that intention out there thinking about what it is that you want. And if you can go into the details and it still feels really good and it keeps you excited to like put like, I want this house and the house is going to be over 2,500 square feet and I want over an acre of land. Like if you go into details like that and it feels good as you're going into those details, then go there and keep dreaming, keep putting that out there and having those set intentions. But if you just know that you want to move into a house that's moving ready and, like, you want it to happen, you know, like, and it's going to happen, you know, within the next six months, and that's, like, even as much as you want right there, and that feels good. And the moment that you start to say, well, like, how much land do you want? How big does the house need to be? And that doesn't feel good or it starts to stress you out or you start to feel like a rapid heart rhythm or feel kind of funny in your stomach, listen to that and stop thinking about it, Okay. And just know that when you're like when it comes back in, like you've already projected it out there. And so that sounds like pretty deep and spiritual, but I mean it is just like common things to like to, to surrender. Talk about surrendering. 
you put your intention out there and then surrender to how it's going to happen. Because I'll tell you what, clearly I said from the beginning when it for going back to birth, I said that I knew that I was going to have a fast birth. I didn't say how it was going to happen. I just said <laughs> I was going to have a fast birth, right? I didn't say how it was going to happen that I wouldn't have time, I wouldn't be filling up the birth tub. I didn't even have time to buy one for crying out loud, right? You know what I mean? I mean, I didn't plan on buying. So, like, that's just from the birth area right there. So I didn't go into the details of it. I just put that intention out there, and it happened. And sometimes you'll put the intention out there, and something, like, and it'll happen, and this is off birth topics right here, and you might realize, oh, I don't really want that. Mm. Right? Free. Right? And so I might not really want that, but guess what? Don't be upset about that. You had the intention thinking you really wanted to have this at this particular time. And so it came in and you're like, oh, I took a taste of that. And I, you know, I actually want something else. And so use that as knowing that, hey, that let you know that you didn't want to go through that door and you actually wanted to go a different direction with it. And so that's still a positive intentional thing. And these types of things happen all the time pregnant or not, birthing or not, like this is what happens in life and this is what we're talking about when we're talking about spiritual essence and trust and faith and having that congruence and confidence in it. But you need to tune into yourself. You need to like recognize what do you think? What do you want? How do you want to live your life? Not what everyone else is telling you. Not what everyone else might be displaying to you. What feels right for you and feel it. Right. And get, give yourself permission to feel it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so to your point, it's like listening to your body. Like how many patients do you encounter that have no sense of body awareness? Mm, like have lot. no idea that they're carrying their shoulders up to their eyebrows like this all day, every day. Right. Or have no idea like how much just general tension they hold in themselves, but particularly like when they get up to go to work or, I mean, I've seen some cases, and I mean, I may or may not have told someone that they need to consider maybe looking at other options in their marriage. Oh, yep, that too. You know, like if someone or something or an idea or a place or whatever is constantly throwing you into a stress response, you got to think about it, right? So so these are the kinds of things we can do pre-pregnancy, pre-birth, to start to tune in. It doesn't have to look like, you know, stepping in a crystal shop necessarily. It doesn't have to look like going to church. It doesn't have to look like meditation. It starts with just tuning into what's happening in your skin. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's where, I mean, like, I feel like we can wrap this up because that's where this really went. We gave so many other gems in there. And gosh, yeah, what 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 are you feeling? What's happening inside your body and what's happening, as Brittany says, like what's happening in your skin and giving yourself that opportunity to listen to it. So, wow, yeah, this is just absolutely beautiful. I'm so honored and so happy that we were able to have this conversation. Um, and, yeah, we'll just wrap it up from there. So feel free for anybody listening to this podcast here, if you want to hear, if you're in the area of where Dr. Brittany is at, I'll make sure to include in the uh, notes below how you can contact and reach her if you're in the area so you can have her wisdom and her knowledge and, and her love and, and compassion for what it is that she's doing to reach out to her. Um, I know that um, in this 
recording right now, I have her paused right here. So maybe I'll be able to, if you want to log out and get back in here, Brittany, maybe we can do that. Um, but either way, so I just want to just empower you all. You know, the word surrender, if that stood out to you, surrender. Have that confidence. Find that spiritual essence of whatever that means to you and have fun with navigating that and trying to figure out what that means to you. And and being if you're being pregnant or, you know, about to birth, like be very aware that you do have the choice. You you do have the power, that you have everything that you need in order to to deliver this baby, that you are stronger than what you may give yourself credit for. And to be flexible, I love that Dr. Brittany kept saying that, is to be flexible. Um, encourage you to knowledge is power, and it aids in the healing process, and it aids in the process of birth, watching videos, reading books, surrounding yourself with people, being nice to yourself, what's the languaging that you're using, and, and physically preparing yourself so that way you can handle and, um, and you know handle this marathon because you can handle it. You're fully capable. And so I just want to empower and encourage all of you moms or, you know, moms-to-be and whoever else that is listening to this because these, these um, pearls of wisdom that we dropped with you today can also be used in just everyday life as well. So wishing you all a beautiful, blessed day, and we will see you next time on the Igniting Consciousness podcast. Okay, so goodness, we had so much wisdom that was dropped right there. And so I want to wrap it up there because I know this turned into a um, longer podcast, which I fully anticipated that. Talk about manifesting, fully anticipated that because that's what, what what me and Brittany do. I mean, when we get on these topics, like it just opens up all these other levels and layers right here. And we really focus this on, on birth and everything, but then a lot of these things that we shared actually applies in everyday life for wherever you're at and whatever stage of life that you're in. So just to wrap that up right here, we talked about finding that spiritual essence. That was the biggest like topic that we talked about here. Whatever that means to you. doesn't have to be, like Dr. Brittany said, going to church, doing meditation, doing breath work and this stuff. But utilize breath. To, to, to lower that stress response and to really get into that essence, um, you know, if that means journaling, if that means writing, like whatever that means to you, to really start to trust and to feel in your own skin. I love how you said that. Like to just understand what you're feeling in your body and what your choices are, what you decide to do, how you want to do it. Being aware of your relationships, those that are living in the household with you and the relationships of what you spend your time with and how that makes you feel. Is it positive or is it uplifting or is it kind of, you know, not so much, right? We also talked about being physically prepared for birth, right? Of being able to, um, you know, are you able to walk? Like, because everybody's birth journey is different. Everybody's actual birth is different, but to physically be prepared for that as well. And um, what were some of the other elements that we hit there? There were so many good things that we touched on here, uh, Brittany. So we're talking about spirituality, physically getting ready, watching birth stories, Having the, like, looking for a good birth team that's in alignment with what you're looking for, right? And then being aware of other options and being flexible. That was a big thing that you talked about, being flexible, right? And then also the word surrender to surrendering. And, like, and actually by surrendering, you, you are actually being flexible to, okay, things might come in or things might happen even when it comes to birth directly that, 
maybe it didn't go exactly as planned, but also don't see it as like you're faulty or anything is wrong with you. Be flexible and flowing with it and, and seeing and, and following through with that, that rite of passage, right? And so I want to be able to wrap that up right there. And then with Dr. Brittany, for those of you that might be in the, the DMV area there, if you want to reach out to Brittany, I will definitely include her information in the show notes here. But if you want to share anything of where else would be a good place for people to reach you, where would that be? So the best way to get in contact with me is probably via Instagram. My handle is DMV Mobile Cairo. So DMV M-O-B-I-L-E-C-H-I-R-O. Okay, and so reach out to you on Instagram, obviously send a private message, or probably even just follow you. They can do that too, right? And yet, so, um, yes, thank you so much for, for sharing this conversation with me today. I, I'm just, I just absolutely love our conversation. There's so many different directions we can go with it here. But just know that, you know what, be empowered, Mama, right? If there's any final words of wisdom or anything that you want to share for your, your, your mama clients or soon-to-be mama clients, what would that be? I would say understand that your story is still being written. Mm. Wow. This story does not begin or end with pregnancy. It doesn't begin or end with birth. It doesn't begin or end when that baby starts walking. It, it's a, a never-ending story. And so I say just enjoy it. Enjoy the process. Um, our, and I don't mean to, to take up too much of your time, but there's so much emphasis placed on the birth, that like the birth is the end. Yeah. And I think when we put too much emphasis on one part of the process, we completely ignore the magnificence of what's going on. Mm. You are growing a life. However, that life started growing, whether it was the good old-fashioned natural way or otherwise, you're growing a life. And that's pretty doggone magnificent, regardless of how that life comes our side. It doesn't matter. Whether you have a cesarean or you birth your baby in a bathtub, your birth is still amazing. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. And so just remember that this is a part of a story, um, that your birth does not dictate your value as a mom. Um, how you birth does not have any bearing on how much you prepared or how much you didn't prepare. It has no bearing on you as a person. So just remember that this is a part of the ever-flowing continuity of life. And we're here to enjoy it. We're only a snapshot in time. So let's not focus on one micro minuscule portion of that. Oh, my goodness. Seriously, amen to that. And yes, sister, yes, yes. That I'm just. We're just going to wrap it up on that, exactly that. And you know what? With that, take that to heart. Take it as it, let that germinate. Let that sit with you and, and recognizing, yes, there is so much more to life to be enjoyed. And yes, and share this with any of your friends or anybody else that you think that this would be beneficial for them listening to this. And again, I just thank you all. Thank you, Brittany, for being here with me and having this conversation. And then anybody really enjoyed this episode, please like leave comments or like let us know if there's any other topics you'd like us to go on. Well, there's no doubt I'm sure we can set up another one of these talks right here and we can Definitely. go there with you. 
<laughs> and we would absolutely enjoy it. So let us know. Let us know what it is that you want to hear. If you want us to go in any, any other direction, reach out to her, reach out to me. But again, thank you for listening in on the Igniting Consciousness podcast. Have a good one, Dr. Brett. We'll talk to you again next time. Thank you, Dr. Natalie. <laughs> Thanks for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you received lots of value out of it as I certainly enjoyed sharing. Could I ask that you please share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also bonus points, if you could leave a review for me on your favorite podcast app, that would be greatly appreciated too. If at any point you'd like to be on the podcast or have any questions you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, direct message me on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Natalie Horine. That's H-O-R-I-N-E. Thanks again for listening and now have an expansive and awesome day. We'll see you next time.